Welcome to another edition of the Cuz I Have To podcast, when living your dream is the only option. That's right, Jace. Uh, this is episode 132. We're such a big boy now. Our next guest got her start in the acting world at a young age. You know her from the Oscar-winning film Traffic, featuring Michael Douglas, Benicio Del Toro, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Don Cheadle, just to name a few. Uh, she won a SAG Award for her role, as well as an MTV Award. Uh, she's also been in the films Swim Fan, The Banger Sisters, How to Rob a Bank, uh, many others. And she was in one of my favorite shows ever. She played Julia Braverman Graham in the show Parenthood, which left this world a little too soon, in my personal opinion. She currently stars in the show <laughs> Will Trent on ABC and Hulu. Please welcome Erica Christensen. Thank you. Thank you for Thank being you. on the pod. It's so Thank exciting. Thank you for Googling me so accurately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia and other sources, to find out more. Uh, we're going to dig into your life, into your passions, and find out all your dark secrets, Erica. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay. We made it to season three of the Cuz I Have To podcast. When living your dream is the only option. We're your hosts. I'm Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. We'll be chatting with guests and each other about facing your fears and going for it in life. We hope to inspire you to live your dreams. Now let's get to it. And we're back, everybody. <laughs> uh, Erica Christensen. We made that clear. She's often called Erica Christensen, which I made the faux pas myself. My grandmother does appreciate the correct pronunciation. Nice. As so, most grandmas, you know, that's like their yeah. pride and joy. Like, yeah. hey, by the way, the it's actually name. this. Yeah. 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 So you the and Jason are like childhood friends, I think. Were you guys, he was trying to figure out, were you guys in a dance group together or something? Because Jason has this big dance background. Yeah. People might not know about <laughs> All of us were triple threats, if I may say. (laughs) (laughs) Still say triple threats. No, that's I use that term because I think it's so hilarious and I love it. I just I love it. Gotta be able to do it all in that acting Uh, world. I feel like now triple threat probably means like writes, produces, and directs, or like something else. Um, Yeah, we must have been like ten years old or something when we first met. Literally, I think, yeah, eight or ten, something like that, yeah. quite literally. Now, more yeah. importantly, Erica, did you know Jason when he was a backup for, uh, who was it? <laughs> the big star? For had- Ryan, I was Ryan Gosling's double in his first movie, <laughs> and nobody knew who Ryan Gosling was. I was literally 11. They're like, hey, uh, oh, uh, who was it? I think it was like Brent, uh, what was his last name? I forget. We went to school together, Renaissance, or it's probably called Ability Plus at the time. He literally was too big, like his arms were too big, so it didn't match like this skinny, <laughs> lean, tall kid, Ryan Gosling. And they're like, oh, what about you? You're perfect. Do you want to do this? And I'm like, oh, okay. You need to, uh, His he has blonde hair, so bleach your hair, blah, blah, blah. I literally go there looking like the, yeah, this podcast is about me now, everybody. Yeah. I'm yeah. the guest. <laughs> I literally go there with bleached blonde hair fully, and he has like 
dirty brown blonde hair. And I'm like, this is no. Um, but I was his double. You yeah. were supposed to be. You were his on-camera double for. Yeah. For it was called Mojave Frankenstein. They changed the name to Frankenstein and Me. It was his first movie in the U.S. ever. <laughs> and I was I like. It. And since I was into acting and stuff, I even acted the part. I tried to like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was such a trip. And uh, and I didn't know who he was until well, like 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 20, but you know, 50. Unless, we, unless you were like a fan of Mickey Mouse Club. Mickey, Mickey Mouse time. Club, right. Which, I'm, unfortunately, I was not. <laughs> yeah, weird that we weren't. But I, I wasn't know. either. <laughs> I know. It's funny. It's one of those things where... You know, you learn all these kids were in that show, and you're like, oh, my God, really? Stars galore were a part of that. Seriously, what? whoever cast that. Yeah, they were great. Had the eye. Yeah. They had the everything. That's right. Yeah, you're So, not Erica, kidding. we just wanted you to know that you're among your peers here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Feeling um, it. <laughs> <laughs> we were Googling. So I saw that you got your start in commercials. Like a, I saw it was a McDonald's and a Volvo, but we found a uh, Payless commercial oh yeah Yeah. i actually did a bunch of payless commercials yeah i I don't know if it was more than five or something and then we even i think we even did some in spanish which like i wasn't really i i i don't remember if like if i had to speak spanish in those (laughs) do you speak spanish I, i do kind of i'm in this weird there must be someone else like me that that speaks it better than I understand it. Most people learn by listening. They understand more than they can speak, which is way more logical. But me, I talk to myself and I'm just like practicing. And I've done that for years and years. And I don't have a lot of Spanish speaking friends. So, so <laughs> I, I will talk to them, leave them voicemails, text them, whatever. And then if someone speaks Spanish to me and I'm like, what, slow down. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> One word at a time. The way I think, please. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, Payless commercials were great. I actually like had people recognizing me. Oh, Saw you on TV. Oh, wow. That's so So would you say, uh, before we get into other stuff about acting, would you say that acting is your truest passion? Yes, I would. I um, The only competition when I was a kid was dancing but more than that was singing and I I like kind of pursued singing and then someone kind of for their own purposes was like you you're gonna have to make a choice here and I was like yeah good you're right I'm gonna go the other way I'm gonna go the acting way and um so then there was no turning back that was like it was 12 when I knew that I wanted to start acting and it was because it was because other kids were acting that I was like, oh, no, but I'm an actor. But, yeah. but I knew that I wasn't an actor. I'm like, no, but I am like as an identity, but I'm not doing the things that actors do. And I got to do those things so that I can be an actual actor and like say that I'm an actor and have it be true to other people, not just myself. <laughs> right. Right. And that was sure. it. And That's you were really, when we were kind of looking you up, you started in uh, one of your first films was a Leave It to Beaver movie, and then you you played Wally's girlfriend, and then you went. The next film was Traffic. Like, how did that? And that's like an Oscar winning film. Like, how did that all come about? And what was your life like during that time? It's, it that's did like, change a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I, I was 13 when I got Leave it to Beaver and 15 by the time it came out. And we, I was auditioning for and working on TV shows all throughout that time, just getting an episode here and there of various things. I think one of the biggest factors in acting, and I've been thinking about this with any art form that is more art than science, I think just confidence, meaning trusting yourself, is like the factor, period. Even if you have to fake that and override, this is a whole topic that I love, and I was just talking to a friend about this. It, it, even if you have to fake it and just take everything that makes you doubt yourself and consciously just set it aside and like decide, okay, that all may be true, but I'm going to pretend that it's not, and I'm just going to go forth. I was getting to that point where I was just starting to feel like I trusted myself, um, and and I auditioned for that character in Traffic, and uh, Michael Douglas was already on board. Do you call him Mike or Mikey or anything like that? <laughs> Mikey D. MD, yeah. Mikey, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, no, we're not that close. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I just auditioned for that. I auditioned for the casting directors and we made a tape. And then uh, and then Steven Soderbergh called me in to talk to me and also wanted to talk to my parents, which, which was awesome, just to kind of go like, are you guys all understanding what you're getting into here? I'm and, bored with uh, this drug, will he? Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome because I remember I, I was... 17 and I was sitting my mom and I were like okay let's read the script we read the whole script together and we were like yes like it's gnarly subject matter but it feels accurate and so my parents were totally down which was awesome and then you know I, I had that meeting with Steven and kind of like pitched myself further and he was like yeah calm down I saw your tape it's all good <laughs> you're good <laughs> um you had me at hello <laughs> yes yes stop trying so hard yeah but, right, right but then uh but then yeah working on that movie was like the best feeling where I was just like I, I just felt like I was where I was supposed to be and even though I don't know if there is a single happy scene that I have in that movie. I was like having the best time every day. <laughs> like I remember all the people that worked on that film, even though it was a long time ago and kept in touch with a lot of people for a long time afterward. And, um, and then of course it was like the adult actors. I remember seeing interviewed in the press later, like Don Cheadle or whoever. And, you know, they're saying like, did you know? Did you have any idea this film would be as successful or important or well received or whatever they called it? Yeah, they're like, no, I had no idea, and I was like, yes, I, I totally thought this movie was so important and so cool. <laughs> like all these amazing actors, we had the best time, and then I saw the movie and it was amazing. Like, yes, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was totally, I thought it was going to be huge. And uh, and then it, I got to go to like the Golden Globes parties and the Golden Globes and all that kind of stuff. And, and how old were you at that time? Eighteen. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Or, wow. Seventeen. That's or, wild, yeah. Seventeen. Right? Seventeen still, and then I turned eighteen like just just after that. So I was just like, yeah, I'm on my path. That's, That's so crazy. rad. All all it took was to do a simple role in traffic. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah, I know. It, it's I, I realize how unique and 
lucky of a situation it is to have parents that are totally on board with like pursuing something that, you know, they could just consider may not work out or they could just consider like, oh, well, you know, we don't want to put your education at risk or uh, it's just going to take a lot of work as it does. Yeah. A lot of just like, you know, driving me around to auditions and then while you're still in school, while you're still a minor, you have to have a, a parent accompany you at work all the time. And then you do have to figure out school and all that stuff. And I'm just grateful that my, that my mom was down. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. What about you? You have kids of your own, right? Do you have two kids? I do. I have two little girls. Do you want them to be actors? I don't want them. Like, I, I want them... They have both expressed interest in it. And so, of course, I want to support that and just see if I can help them. It's been hard because with COVID, you know, they haven't been able to visit sets. They've been able to, like, kind of come by and say hi and stuff, but they haven't been able to observe the workings of it and see if that, like, if that does light the spark. My husband and I were catching up on Will Trent uh, last night and... (laughs) My my six year old came in and was like, Oh, you guys are watching Will Trent and we were like, Oh, you know the name of the show. Like you know, like you're it's not a kid show. You can't you know what, we're gonna pause it right here. You can't watch this next part. But but she was like, Yeah, I see and I just think it's it's a cool thing that we can like gently gently be supportive. I don't wanna be too gentle that it, they think that it's not genuine support, you know, that it's like, yeah. sure, honey. And then I never actually help them give it a shot, but uh, I'm rambling. But but your but your question has given me obviously this topic is something I've thought about a lot. Yeah, sure. There was an opportunity a couple of years ago that didn't end up working out, but there was an independent film where my character had a I think four year old. Or maybe maybe three, and and my younger was like two at the time or something. And the director was like, "Hey, I don't know if this is weird, and I don't know if this is you know you you can obviously say say no, but maybe that would be a cool thing to have your kid play your kid." And I was like, "Yeah." And then the older one was jealous at the time, not you know jealous, but she was like, "Oh, I can do that," you know. And we we're like, "Yes, you absolutely can, but you look too old." <laughs> but she already aged out. Yep. yep. Yeah, Sorry, kid. Already... Sorry, it's kid. What are you five? <laughs> yep. um, You're above the limit, lady. <laughs> yep. God, ageism in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, my experience has been good, so I'm for that reason, and and for just the philosophy of pursuing one's passions, I'm totally down with allowing them or supporting them in that. If that seems to be the actual case that they sure is their passions yeah it's also cool that you can watch your own show i know a lot of actors like oh i can't can't watch myself so how do you feel when you watch yourself in something a lot of different ways like i specifically what was cool about watching the 11th episode we were watching 11 and 12 last night we had there's one more 13 the coolest thing about watching 11 is that i was shadowing the director on that episode so i actually scouted every location, blocked every scene, like did everything or was at least <laughs> was by his side every step of the way. And so, you know, and casting and everything and all the things that I was like worried about, like, is that going to work? And seeing how it ultimately worked. 
that that's a whole new level of interest that I have recently gotten specifically with Will Trent. And then of course with that episode, even more where I wanted to see the relationship, see more the relationship between what's on the page and what's on the screen and try and reconcile the experience that I had with each director, how they worked with the actors, how they interacted with the crew, what the crew's response was to them after they were gone and, you know, which departments appreciated them and didn't for what reasons all of that. So, um, I have that. And then the other thing, like, of course, there's some element of, of vanity that seems inescapable. Like there's some things where if there's just some little unflattering, what I consider to be unflattering angle or whatever, then I see that. But I also have to believe that that's not what other people see or are looking at because we all see ourselves so differently sure. than anyone else views us. Um, and, and then as far as my actual acting, I, I pretty much just always say it's not my fault. It's her fault. <laughs> so <laughs> in this case, if Angie does something weird, it's fucking Angie's fault. It's <laughs> not my fault. And whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's that's a, a real benefit in the the pursuit of doing good work for me, and then definitely helps to to view it as well. Sure. So are you are you moving into? I'm not sure if you've are you directing and have you directed stuff in the past? Uh, I only directed a short thing? film, and I I think that it might be my new thing. But I'm I really enjoyed directing the short film. But there were parts of the process that I was really more invested in. And then I was, when we were done shooting, I was lazy. I was like, great, we did that. You know, my friend that cut together the first assembly, he was like, here's this. And I was like, great, great. Yeah. All right. That was fun. Um, you know, and then. Done and done. Yeah. My DP, who's also director, was like, wait, do you want to, maybe we should edit, do you want to edit this? Oh, like, do you want to contribute? You just want to, okay. And what I really had wanted to do was get it scored because I had a really specific vision for that. I, I, because I wrote it. It was just like a five minute short. Never got it scored, never actually completed it, never submitted it to any festivals, whatever. And was like, well, I guess I'm not cut out for this. And then, you know, being in the business for so long, I've accumulated I've, through osmosis and sometimes intentionally um, a lot of information. And I just, I have a lot of information. And so now I am seeking out whatever the gaps in my knowledge are to try and fill those in to give myself a real shot at finding out if it's my next passion. Cause I still don't know for sure. I have this romanticized version of it mm -hmm. and I, you know, what I would really like to do is direct an episode of Will Trent and give that my all and really see it through. I do have another job that's just been sliding along the schedule forever, but I, I have another directing gig that's a kind of a small, easy <laughs> job. So between those two things, I want to determine then, okay, 
am I direct, am I a director or do I want to create myself into being a director or am I just happy to go back to being a soldier and taking orders and clocking in and clocking out? Cause I'm, I'm pride myself in, you know, just being a good cog in the wheel too. Sure. So Is that we'll how you would, you would talk about acting your cog in the wheel? Your soldier. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just a soldier. Like I, I really, there's, Definitely an idea that I would like to believe, which is, you know, that um, that every actor is uniquely suited to play each role that they play. And that's true in the way that you can't help but bring your individuality to it. But also, you know, you see those things of like, who turned down what roles? You're like, oh, that would have been great. <laughs> or, you know, or that would have been fascinating. <laughs> you know, there more than one actor can play one role. Sure. And so I just really, I just want to be as supportive as I can to every other department because there's so many people that work on a TV show or a movie and just little things like being ready when they call and, you know, working with camera to solve the problems that we encounter in actually capturing what's happening and and all that stuff, I really, really enjoy that. And But that is what has led me more to consider directing is because I'm so fucking nosy. I'm like, oh, I got, I, I'm in everyone else's department. <laughs> I'm like, so if I'm super interested, not only in the acting part, but also in the blocking and the camera and the lighting and the props and the music and sound like just on and on and on then okay then maybe I should I, and I would especially like to work with this crew that I already know and love and on a show that I already understand the tone of and all of that that's all I was going to say you really you do have to understand it. it's understanding and then it's like your connection with the understanding of what that is so then it's like cool I could do all my shit and here we go <laughs> you know yeah well yeah. but what but interestingly enough what you said of like giving a shit is actually <laughs> right. kind of like the first step of the process step one yes. do you care yes and, I, and that's that's like me taking years of going like do i truly give a shit enough because i'm one of those people that i i'm not my strong suit isn't particularly preparation it's spontaneity and trusting myself and using whatever is to hand and finding it on the day and like all of the the just like spontaneous actor stuff and so it's definitely a different vibe to go I give a shit enough to be prepared (laughs) (laughs) so that I have answers to questions when people have questions and I and I have directions to to when there are choices that are purely choices yeah and you can't say to the person asking you, well, what's better? They'll go, well, it depends upon what story you're trying to tell. And that's what it comes down to every time. Like, well, this satchel says the guy is more like that. And this satchel says the guy's more like that. So what kind of guy is he? You know, you're the director. You got to know. Yeah. Right. And this shot makes us feel more that way. And this shot makes us feel more that way. So what are we trying to feel here? And that's... <laughs> Are you a I, this, decision maker? I think I am, but again, it's going to be reconciling like spontaneity and 
and trusting myself and making decisions in the moment and enough preparation that I don't box myself into a corner or, you know, realize that I've overlooked something and then I and then I regret it later because it doesn't actually fold in to the overall piece. Right. That makes I, sense. I mean, <laughs> I love, I love that you guys are just letting me ramble about this, dude. Are you kidding me? You're a rambling man. No, I. This is the. That's why. This is a safe why, space, like, Erica. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, but it really is because like people come on here and they're like, "Can't we prepper? What are you gonna do?" And it's like, no, no, no. We're literally just talking. Let's just yeah. enjoy a conversation. That's it. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, ramble away for okay. real. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that's you know, we ask these questions, and it's like, oh shit, this is interesting beyond. So don't ever stop, please, yeah. <laughs> because we don't know the answer, and maybe not a lot of other people do either. So it kind of makes it more intriguing and like, holy shit, this is cool. Great. Well, good. Yeah. Yes, and I and I hope that there are aspiring actors or aspiring directors or aspiring artists of some kind of of any any discipline that find this stuff relatable or useful i'm pretty certain (laughs) there's a lot more than you think will you are you still trying to decide if you want to direct or are you definitely set to direct an episode of will trent no i'm i'm not definitely set i now that we're picked up for season two congrats um i mean i've made my ambitions known to a few of the powers that be but i have to like really officially throw my name in the hat and make that happen you know and get the job yeah and then uh, and then i'm like i said i'm kind of like holding off on evaluating if it's really my my passion until i get to the other side of it yeah i get that can we go back to parenthood let's do um, how was your experience on that show i mean i just love that show and i was didn't it if it's been a minute but didn't it like wasn't it doing really great and then it was like boom it got canceled or something like yeah, how did the I cast mean, feel when it was over i felt like it was shocking that it was over God, there were mixed feelings i mean we did do six years which is the standard old school felt like television one. contract yeah. right right <laughs> Maybe for like two or something. Yeah, it, <laughs> what, what was interesting were a lot of things. Had we continued, then everybody would have had to renegotiate their contracts. And, you know, and then that's when shows get really expensive to make. But kind of the, the benefit of the way that it went down was that we were told that we were canceled before we started the last season. So the writers fully were aware that this was going to be the story wrap-up and they can make it what they want it to be instead of being, like, mid-sentence right. and then the show goes up here. <laughs> so, and and I was so... I had the best time because it was such a safe space. It was, God, what shows should be... I mean, what shows should aspire to be as far as safe spaces because... It was really, it was really something, and I learned so much, and I had such a good time, but I also felt, like, at the end of it, I also felt really optimistic, like, all right, new chapter, you know, and yeah. and so now let's see. But we've, I mean, we've all, especially Dax is like, I knew it would never be that good again. <laughs> Not only was the writing great, then the crew was great. And we had so much artistic freedom and everything, but like it was just like all those that confluence of factors, like 
Yeah, you can't expect that to to be the case. In other shows or even continuing it. I mean, there are certain moments in everything that things are just perfect and great. And Yeah, and yeah. that's, you have to recognize that for the beauty of that. I've had that happen before where people uniquely bonded or some really special moment of artistry was somehow captured that was a happy accident and all that stuff. And you, you just, you, you just have to set yourself up to let those things happen as often as they can. And then that's it. Yeah, sure. That's nice. awesome. I'd never got into that show. I apologize. Um, well, guess no what? We can rewatch it. I would rewatch it. In a I mean, I, <laughs> I I missed season two, which is the long one. There we did a different amount of episodes every season, and season two was the only time we did twenty two. And I missed it because it, I had just taken up cycling, and so I was getting up really early in the morning, and I couldn't make it till ten p.m. and I didn't DVR it for whatever reason. <laughs> so I, I sh- I'm due for a rewatch. And actually, Dax was just showing Dax and Kristen were just showing their babies who are older than ours. They were just showing their kids Parenthood, and I was like, oh God, yes. Yes, That's we could awesome. show our kids parenthood yeah. sometime yes. fairly soon, I yes. think. <laughs> Dax Shepard, also now a big podcaster. Yes, <laughs> the biggest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite, quite literally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Have you been on his uh, podcast? Or? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's cool because cool. we go way back too. I mean, not, not as far, but we go back to, to probably when we were 20. Or something, wow. you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, he and Kristen seem like such just down to earth, so fun, such cool people. <laughs> They're very real and good communicators. Yeah. Oh man. I uh, love let's that dig into the cycling. So you're married to a cyclist. Uh Cole is it Cole? How do you say his last name? Manus. Um Cole which is also Manus. mispronounced all the time. Oh, um Manus. He has an amazing beard, by the way. I don't know if he still has it now, but he does. I'm a big beard and he fan. does. Oh yes, <laughs> aren't we all? He um he he has had various stages of of beard and mustache, and then you know like shaved it off once or twice, which was just shocking. Did the kids shocking? Get and one time was before the kids, and one time maybe one time was like during COVID or something, and they're like. They have strong opinions about things. <laughs> They're like, we love you so much when you look like this in this photo. <laughs> you're so handsome when you're doing this. <laughs> Who um, is that man sorry, over are there? Are they beard fans then? They are. The mustache, they're, beard, yeah. they're beard and mustache fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now he has just a little strip of bleach blonde hair in the back, like, like a uh. fat... He calls it a Gucci, but what do, what do we? I call it like a, a rat tail. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not it's not super long and it's fat, yeah. but it's I love it so much. Yeah. I was like, this is so white trash and <laughs> and punk rock, and I'm so into it. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> anyway, um, he is publicly referred to often as a cyclist because that's how we met. But he's never professionally oh. been a cyclist unless you count he's never he's never competed professionally he's been i what i still have yet to determine a better name for than a sports model basically yeah riding bikes so that that can be that's how you met biking yeah like like where just like regular biking or were you in some kind of competitive thing do you meet him on the street well i you know (laughs) 
Speaking of good questions, <laughs> very, the very first time I met him was in Griffith Park at a race that neither of us were racing in, but I had seen him in the photos and videos that he had done for a cycling company called Rafa, which is based out of London, and they have their, their U.S. headquarters in Portland, and I thought he was cute already from seeing him, you know, before I knew him. Was there any part of you that says, I want that, and then you went and got it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that how it you're, is when you're a big actress? You just, um, yeah. No, that's take how it one is of those. when you're very <laughs> persistent. Like, yeah. you don't even know the hoops that we had to jump through before we both understood that we lived in L.A., were single, and liked each other. Like, and uh, it was like a, it, it was, that's like a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> but, like here, just to tease it. Yeah. For the first three weeks of me texting him, he thought he was texting our friend Tim. <laughs> so the fact that we're married with children um... is—that's uh, a whole nother uh, that's story. Very that's, that's very funny. Yeah, it, it took a while, but then we got there. We got. Does there. he call you bro for short? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely to call my girlfriend's bro than than him. Yeah. And he calls me. Yeah, no, but we do. We did start calling Tim Timberly because we're like, you're Cole's girlfriend, uh, Timberly. I've and seen Tim, your text. Tim loves this story, of course. Yeah, no, Cole was like, I just thought Tim was lonely. Like, why are you texting me all the time? Oh my god! So oh funny. my god, it's so funny. So he was—he thought he was texting you, but he was texting Tim, or he was texting you and he thought it was Tim. Thought it was Tim, yeah. That the latter. He <laughs> thought he thought it was Tim texting him all the time, and in, in the way he tells the story is like, "What you doing?" And I'm like, "That's not how I talk in my mind when I'm texting you. What you doing?" Or whatever I was, but like I, I was trying to create. What at a certain point I was like, either this guy's an idiot or he doesn't like me, and that's fine because cycling is not a huge community, and we're gonna be friends, and I'm just yeah. gonna make this friendship happen. And <laughs> so I was like, oh, you're from Memphis. Grizzlies are playing the Lakers. Are you watching this game? So then, then you know, he's more validated that it must be Tim texting him. Uh, yeah, anyway. That's very yeah, bro. Funny. Of course I am. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> he's like, why is Tim being flirty with me? This <laughs> Tim Burley stopped Why flirting. is Tim asking me what I'm wearing? I don't you understand. Up? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you up? What you doing? Can't sleep. <laughs> Can't sleep. Oh my god, that's oh hilarious! God. Holy uh, shit! <laughs> I love um, that. We oh. also heard that you're a paddleboarder. We recently bought some paddleboards. Oh yeah, yeah, sure did. We've been well, out. In, we've been out funny. in that. Uh, Marie, uh, a friend of ours moved to Marina del Rey, so we paddleboard around there. Nice. Yeah, yeah I. I, I I've literally only done it the one time for Joy's podcast, <laughs> but it was great fun. But it, I, it's funny. There are certain things that I feel like are very much like identity choices. And I'm like, but am I a paddle boarder? Right. I don't know. I, I think you it. might be an overthinker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to no, go because... paddle boarding? I don't know if I'm a paddle boarder. Am I a paddle boarder? Hmm. No, I'm a, and on any given day. Sure. 
but I but there's something that clicks like when things feel right, they really feel right to me. And it could be tiny or it could be huge, you know, uh, like I have I have a water jug that I've been <laughs> carrying around for years. Like I bought it. It was like filled with kombucha or ginger beer or something when I bought it in Seattle, like must have been at least six years ago. And then I'm team green, you know, so I rinsed it out and refilled it with filtered water. And I've been doing that and carrying it around with me for years. And people are like, <laughs> there's Erica. And I'm like, me and my growler. Yep. There's <laughs> so like, that's, that's who I am. That's oh very my funny. God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And this, <laughs> this scrunchie, this is the only scrunchie. This is the only one. Don't this is my scrunchie. Yeah, yeah. I just oh. love that feeling that it is old stinky scrunchie. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> is that the one from '95? No, I'm That's kidding. The one, <laughs> the one that my sister-in-law was like, "I don't want this. Do you want this?" And I was like, "Sure." And then I was like, "This is my scrunchie." <laughs> I didn't know. Where have you been all my life? Where have you been since 1995? <laughs> yeah, right. That's so cool. Do you oh, have man. any other passions like uh, or hobbies that you do outside of um, acting? And oh, you know what I really want to know this: what what do you do to keep in shape? Because you've got some guns on your show, yeah. Will Trent. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. uh, I've noticed that myself. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, maybe I should <laughs> calm down. Um, so it's not airbrushing? Those are actually... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shading. <laughs> I, so I, um, I... Well, at a certain point, I discovered that I really like pull-ups. So I do pull-ups occasionally. Oh. And, um, and push-ups occasionally. Kind of like the, do I still got it? And they're like, oh drop and do 20, 25. And I'm like, sure, fine. That's enough. I, that, so I still got it. And then, you know, I guess carrying the kids around, but it's basically like, I've only very recently discovered that I like rock climbing and bouldering. And that's, but part of that realization was like, oh, I am really strong. I, I have my upper body strength that I didn't have last time I tried it, which was years ago, but I bet I could do it now, even though that's not, you know, it's so much more about technique than strength but yeah it's basically like occasional weights and occasional pull-ups and push-ups i'd like to get cycling back into my life somehow but it's not like a thing that you do for 20 minutes at a time yeah are you a runner at all well somebody just got me into running too but i was like i'm not a runner <laughs> yeah i will run with you because it's fun to have this social connection and hang out and have coffee afterward but I am not a runner. Y'all are runners. <laughs> I am a cyclist, which is like, but okay, I'm cross-training for when I get back into cycling. <laughs> yeah. I noticed yeah. you used y'all. You now, now you live, you have a place in Atlanta, so now you're y'all in it. I guess so. <laughs> you're originally my... from uh, Seattle, right? And you lived uh, in LA? Yeah, yeah grew now... up in LA, and then I've been now here for six months. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you to y'all down. <laughs> yeah well they are y'all though because they're here i'm in atlanta yeah yeah right how do you like yeah. living in atlanta i like it a lot it's um i've always thought the city is really cool and the people are really cool and it has a lot to offer but i have felt like i haven't been taking advantage of what it has to offer so much so i haven't felt really connected are you always working yeah working and then but then the problem is mostly when I was not working, I was at home. We're done with season one. So now 
I'm not working. I don't have to be here, but we just bought this house. And, um, and that is a huge feeling of connection now. And I'm really appreciating this neighborhood and the nearby neighborhoods and the cute little retaily zone that's right down there. And like all the trees and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, this, this is feeling awesome. And this is definitely feeling like home, but as an identity point, not sure you identify I am with from Atlanta. LA yeah. <laughs> I am always going to be an Angelino or a Californian at least. I don't know, but I am really enjoying my time here and I'm looking forward to spending a bunch more time here what are those green things in the background yeah. those are trees it's really? called nature <laughs> what are all these bugs although there are lizards i was like lizards i know lizards they're lizards oh, where yeah. i come from yeah have you awesome. experienced the humidity there yes it wasn't <laughs> do you identify with humidity <laughs> i do not identify <laughs> with the humidity I, yeah. there's the only consolation that I have when it's really awful out is that like, we're all in this together. Like no one is not experiencing this. Right. There's no one who's just like dry and <laughs> fresh. Right. So fine. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, you really gotta, you gotta <laughs> hydrate, man. Yeah. We had a, a guest on that was, she, she grew up in, where'd she grow up? South Florida somewhere. I forget. Who? Which guest? The, uh, the singer. Oh, Emily she, Green. She yeah. loves Florida. She's like, I, I, we're like, so do you like humidity? She's like, honestly, I love it. And I'm like, <gasps> who? You're loves? just like, does that even exist? Is that real? <laughs> so I, that, blew, that blew my mind. That is so cool. Like, let people be different. <laughs> yeah. That's and let them great. stay in Florida. And let yeah. them <laughs> belong. Yeah. Stay in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I don't know. Did she go on to say, like, it does amazing things for my skin or just, like, it feels good? Because it does feel like a hug, but, like, an oppressive, oh. gonna-kill-you hug. <laughs> like, she, I think, I think, I, I don't know. She doesn't care yeah. for the weather in L.A., but also I don't think she, she cares like LA, for really L.A. Really <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, how yeah. dare you? It's oh, rude. It's quite wow. rude. Emily. It is rude. We hear you. We're at the part of the program where it's five o'clock somewhere, where we ask you five more quick questions to get to know you even more, Erica. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, question number one. You've worked with so many top actors. Can you name one who was maybe the most interesting or someone that maybe took you by surprise? Something unusual? Like, wow. Oh, thank God. I have an answer to that. Um... <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard, I thought, uh, basically, I expected him to be, like, kind of New York intellectual pretentious, and he's he's so real and so funny, and yes, so smart and talented, but just, it just really real and, and really uh, kind and everything, and uh, I was delighted to discover that. Yeah. That's cool. That is nice. All right. Question number two, is there a specific role that you connected with an audition for that you wish you got, but you didn't? Oh, um, I know there is an answer to this question because I know that <laughs> here's why this is hard to answer, because okay. <laughs> then when I the, the couple times when I've actually been really sad, like, no, I killed that audition. I didn't then watch the movie, so I don't remember what it was because I just right. boy, boycotted it. Yeah. Like, 
whenever I have missed out on a role and then watched it afterward, I've always been like, oh, she did a fantastic job. Great choice, and I understand it. But the ones, it's the ones that I don't watch because I'm because I'm just like whatever yeah. <laughs> that, that I should watch right, to right. get myself over. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean That's, I get that. Or no, sure, sure, sure. Or maybe there was like an audition that you that you wish you got the chance to audition for, but you didn't get the chance. Like, is there a know? role like, oh, I wish I had that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There's, there's. I mean. So while I was busy doing the things that I was doing, Julia Stiles was making Save the Last Dance and having a huge dance background and being known to anyone who knows me or also doesn't as a dancer and like going out to nightclubs and having this face that looks similar to that face and having everybody be like, oh, you're amazing in traffic and Save the Last Dance. And I'm like, Thank you. Um, it's funny. I was going to bring it up because I remember when you guys, well, I guess when Julia Stiles was coming to fame, you guys looked similar and I could see people. That must have been a weird, I mean, it probably happens to every actor, but that was really, you guys look very close the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because like, of course I've looked at our faces enough to be like, we're completely different people. <laughs> but I, but I certainly get it and look, we look a lot more alike than, for instance, like me and Reese Witherspoon, where I've had people be like, oh, you're Reese Witherspoon, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Isn't that funny that they know you're an actress and a celebrity, but they don't quite get it right? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I know you. Cruel intentions, right? Yeah. Wow. Good eye. Um, But yeah, I mean, I look at Julia and I'm like, I, I could play Ronda Rousey. Like I could get super jacked, and that would be so fun. But Julia looks more like Ronda than I do, and Ronda's now an actress, so I don't. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, question number three. This is just a gut feeling on my own, Erica. You have two kids. Have you ever been in a heated argument at a PTA meeting? Because <laughs> I don't see you taking shit. I see you as like a cub protector. <laughs> That's the Julia Braverman Graham in me. Um, fortunately, I haven't had the need, but I will. It's it's funny. Cole is always like, I'm way more concerned that my kids are not bullies than if they get bullied. Like, I, 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 I we they just can't be the bad ones. If they're if they're the victims, like we'll get them through it. It'll be fine. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's where my mind goes, but I, I haven't yet had the opportunity, but I do hope that <laughs> I'll have some Julia Braverman Graham and also some Angie Pulaski. Both of them just don't take shit, and, and I, I would hope that I would be that way for my children. Nice. Yes. All right. The opportunity uh, arise. Question number yeah. four. All right. Name a song that has been a go-to for you when you want to feel the feels. Oh, wow. Um, That's right. We got the best questions on this show, motherfucker. This is no. so good. <laughs> there, but there are so many. So what feels am I feeling? I'm pulling up my Spotify right now. <laughs> um, watch this. You know that, do you know the Spotify feature that just shows you the things you've been listening to the most? Uh-huh. Here's my history. Childish Gambino, his entire 2016 album. What is it called again? 
the one that um, the Get Out soundtrack. Yeah. What was the name of this album? <laughs> Honestly, I, I Awaken don't. Awaken My re- Love. It's called oh. Awaken My Love. Anyway, that I mean, since 2016 has been something, and Frank Ocean, probably Frank Ocean, like, um, yeah, all of the Blonde album, we played it on repeat when it came out, and then you know gave it a couple years and then came back and it's like oh it hit harder the second time and then so we've we're probably like in the third wave of it somewhere but like it yeah that (laughs) feel the feels yeah yeah for sure and then okay so then as as like a current band that you love where would you go with that (laughs) a band that i currently love yeah or a current band that i love that's a good question. Maybe yeah. both? <laughs> well, I've just rediscovered the breeders and it fucking hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, what was I? How was I? How did I not get it? Yeah. As much as I get it now. There's like there's like a cool female punk band out of Austin that I heard and then I heard then I was listening to the breeders and I was like, they're just the breeders if the breeders were 20 years old again right now. Like Right. The breeders are it. <laughs> Do you have a certain breeder song you love? Uh, I mean, Cannonball, but is that too? That's, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. by the way, that song is, I'm sorry, that is a timeless, priceless Timeless <laughs> song. And you just have to like let it take you and you have to yep. play it really loud. Yep. Or when I'm running by myself because I have to train to hang out with my runner friends. <laughs> Uh, that's a great song for that. But then yeah. I'm just like, everyone must listen to this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, uh, we are up to question number five, our final question for you, Erica. Here we go. Okay. How do you hope to be remembered? Ooh, wow. Okay, that's the deepest one of all, isn't it? Sure it is. is. <laughs> I mean, what I really... There's there's a difference between, you know, they say people don't remember what they're not going to remember what you said. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And thinking of that, I feel like that's like on a day to day basis. How I live is like I just want people to feel seen and have a good time and feel like if we're working together, feel like I'm not impeding their work in their job i'm uh, we're all on the same team but then like at the end of my life i hope to have achieved something bigger like i hope to to have been kind of ultimately kind of uh, a marker of a part of the zeitgeist i i i want to have been a part of the overall creative urge of this time and have inspired other artists and collaborated with other artists in other media whether no matter what they're doing you know like I as an actor I get to work with photographers and I have friends that are musicians that have allowed me to contribute in little ways to what they do whether it's like being in a music video or like saying something on a track or singing something on a track or whatever, but like all of that, being a part of it and like contributing to what the art of this time is, I hope that's what I'm doing and I and 
we can look at it from the other side and see that I've accomplished that. I say, goddamn, goddamn. That was a good one. <laughs> well, thank you, Erica Christensen, for being on the podcast. My pleasure, Julie Slater. Thank you for having me. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can check out Erica. Of course, on her new show, Will Trent, uh, just wrapping up uh, season one, heading into season two. Maybe we'll yes. see Erica directing an episode in the next yeah. season. Fingers crossed. Ooh. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks. And uh, thanks again for being on. My pleasure. Really, guys, thanks. Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guest after they leave the room. That was Erica Christensen. She's so cool. Yeah, like she said, we've known each other literally uh, 30 years or so. And um, I once approached is... her in a Sprouts. <laughs> That's right. I oh, like, I wanted hey. to bring that up. Like, hey, do you remember when I ran into you in Sprouts? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or you. Hello? Yeah, you Hello? I'm Jason Hello? Friday's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, we did meet at um, Tammy Bahat's art show, yeah. Yeah, where was that? Like, West Side, right? Santa Monica somewhere? Yeah. I love all her, like, I don't know if I identify with that. Am I really yeah. a runner or a director? Yeah, runners. Running's uh, unique. I wanted situation. to, I, I love I love putting you on the spot when, <laughs> when it comes to running because, yeah. uh, Erica, if you're listening to this, Julie ran two marathons within two eight marathons, days. Uh, so she was a runner, <laughs> unlike um, me. Well, uh, of course, uh, not that Erica's going to listen to this. She should read the book, The Non-Runner's Marathon Trainer. Yes. But you read the book, and then you run a marathon against your will because you're like, yeah, I got to do this now. Right. It's funny. My friend Julie, who also tunes into the program, uh, she (laughs) tried to get me to do a 5K, but there was just... uh, And I I think maybe I might get into a little bit of running, but not right at the moment. We got to prep for our big music show june 12th at no vacancy that's right slater friday project what do you think about that slater friday project boom i like it but back to erica uh she seemed i mean i only met her briefly she kind of seemed exactly as i imagined she would be isn't that something easy going but i also see her like i would love to see her in a pta meeting getting mad <laughs> I know. telling those teachers off yeah yeah her presence is uh, strong you know and that's totally crazy that she was in an oscar-nominated film at the age of 17 18 and she got Isn't to go to all those parties hanging out with like all those a-list actors and talk about a feeling of like wow maybe this is something for me <laughs> right <laughs> she's like oh don Cheadle, Catherine zeta jones maybe yeah. Maybe this is working out. What right. do you guys think? <laughs> so funny. So crazy. Yeah, I, I know. It's it's wild to have known her. Uh, it's funny. I didn't even bring this up, but I, th- I feel like she was in my dad's group, which was called, I think, Pure Fun Productions. Um, her and a bunch of other people that we used to be in dance groups together. I think. What do you mean your all... dad? Did you say dan- your dad's group? My dad had like a, I don't even know what it was called, but, or I know what it was called. It's called Pure Fun Productions, but he had like a, he assembled a bunch of kids, I'll say, because everybody was like young or young teenagers and whatnot. Um, and they would come over to our house when we lived in La Crescenta and, and he had like a studio there and he would have a bunch of these kids like come over and and make not make a record or an album but you know record songs that's so funny um, i don't even know, I know. that yeah I know your dad was a musician 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, him. Yeah. He um, he always had, you know, songwriting partners and he would create these songs and be like, yo, come come sing these or, you know, uh, I forget his last name, Nick something. He would come in and he would do like the rap section, you know, but it was like a cool little. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's trippy. We have been watching. We should have. We talked to her afterwards and we should have been recording, but we've been watching her show Will Trent on ABC and Hulu. And we were just saying there's a scene if you watch the show, like we were talking to her about a scene where the wife of this other cop kind of kind of corners her it's very yeah. dramatic and awesome yeah. yeah it's good i uh, i mean it's funny like that that's you know in the first episode we see her character but that's not that's not who she really i'm not going to give anything away yeah. but but that's what you think and then i'm like oh my god no wonder why she's so chiseled she was she's like meant for that part to to look that way and just be totally shredded but meanwhile yeah. it's just like oh yeah i like doing pull-ups and push-ups sometimes it's just a hobby she just does just, pull-ups just once in a while but you know Maybe that's we what we gotta do do yeah. what our friend lily has like that pull-up bar oh yeah 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 god i've never even when i was 10 i couldn't do pull-ups i could do like two I don't know. I just, I think my body was just always so. She does. What's it? Huge. Yeah. Just always like too big for my scrawny little. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. She just does like 25 pull ups just for fun. Hold on. Uh, Yeah. I'll be ready in a minute. It's going to do 25 pull ups. (laughs) Got to keep these guns going. Yeah. Here. Hold my baby real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She she said her arms are also strong from holding babies. Yeah. That's funny. Are you kidding me? I believe it. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, well, that was super fun. You know, yeah, it, it she really was very, was. she's got a very busy schedule. So it was cool that we finally were able to find a time that worked for all of us. And, and, yeah. have her on. and it was so nice. I mean, you know, she's kind of a big deal. It's nice to she have is. her on the pod. She is. Yeah. No, it's cool. And you know what? She's still the same person that I'm, you know, when we first met 30 something years ago. It's like, uh, you know, but yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's, uh, that's who she is. That's who she's always been. Erica, you freaking rock. Thank yep. you. You sure do. Erica Christensen. Got that's right. right. That's right. Uh, that's uh, a wrap. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Love y'all. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Cause I Have To Podcast. Find us on Instagram at Cause I Have To Podcast. Email us at Cause I Have To Podcast at gmail.com. If you know someone living their dreams, tell us about them. And if you dig what you hear, please... Share the podcast on your socials so we can grow this baby. Okay, folks, until next time.